0: It's the e commerce master plan podcast, here
1: to help you grow your e commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from
0: the e commerce sector
1: and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas.
2: Hello, master plan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's, as always, great to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the E-Commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. I decided it would be rather cool if we ended the year with a couple of highlights podcasts, pulling together what our interviewees have had to say on some key topics throughout 2015 in order to give you a quick fire resource for building your business into 2016. The responses of our book giveaway competition uh, to the question about what you'll be focusing on in 2016 have made it really clear what I needed to pick out of all our podcasts this year to help you. So these two highlights podcasts will focus on growth. In this episode, we're going to cover new customer acquisition and repeat purchase with a very heavy dose of customer service. And next time we're going to be looking at the power of content and social media in growing your business. Of course, you've told us there are many other areas other than growth that are important to you. And trying to condense the great content of six months of podcasts has also been a challenge. Oh my word, has it taken some time. So rather than try and create more highlights podcasts, I'm going to be putting live a series of blog posts during the end of December to cover some of the other areas I know you're interested in and some of the other themes that have come out of the podcast. So please do keep an eye on the website for those as they go live. I think it would be really great if you could use these highlight shows to jump back and re-listen or even listen for the first time to an interview we're featuring here so you can get a clearer idea of what you can do in your business in 2016. It's just a great way of of diving into some great content to make sure you're really going to be on track next year. So enough of the preamble, let's get on with today's show. We're going to be starting off with a new customer acquisition piece and then we'll go into driving repeat purchases. As always we're doing show notes for this episode and you can find these ones at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 2015 highlights one and in those show notes you'll find a summary of what we're about to cover and links to each of the mentioned podcasts. I really can't make it any easier for you but if you've got any suggestions on that please do let me know. So customer acquisition, new customer acquisition. We're going to start off with AdWords, which remains a hugely popular tool. And here, Catherine from Plum's Lingerie explains why she's comfortable with AdWords and how she's been using it to drive her business. Um, I would say the
3: best converting tool that I use is Google AdWords. Um, I am a, I'm come from a traditional marketing background, where uh, you'd work in departments and people would put adverts in newspapers and sort of cross their fingers and hope people saw it, uh, which I never felt overly comfortable with. So I absolutely adore AdWords, where you can actually see how much it costs me for every sale I get.
2: And when you're talking AdWords, are we talking keywords, remarketing, Google shopping campaigns? It's keywords. Google keywords
3: is what I do the most of. Um, We promote Based on brand because that's how most people find us and that's what they're most interested in, so we're very specific. So we don't, we're not uh, going for keywords that have huge amounts of traffic, but it's very qualified traffic.
2: So you're not bidding on bra, for example.
3: No, no, no that would be crazy. Would <laughs> <It'd> be insane. <laughs> <laughs> There's okay. loads of people looking for bars in New York that have just spelt it wrong.
1: <laughs>
2: Yep, AdWords can be pretty entertaining. You might not think so, but AdWords can be hilarious. Um, so next up, we've got William from Maxwell Scott Bags talking about his marketing channel that has the best return on investment. And surprise, surprise, it's Google AdWords pay-per-click again.
0: At the moment, I'd say it's Google PPC, um, pay for clicks um, We have a really good agency working on it at the moment. Are
2: you doing keywords and remarketing and product listing ads and yeah,
0: absolutely everything? So dynamic remarketing, um, all sorts. Yeah, cool. PLAs as well is good. Um, so Google Google base, um, well it's not called Google base anyway, So Google PLAs <laughs> is uh, is is working very well for us. Yeah, so I think-
2: base, that's a that's a proper blast from the past. We all know that AdWords is a really popular way of getting new traffic through to your website. And as William explained, it is frequently now the case that to get the best ROI, that's return on investment or profit, if you like, Um, Out of AdWords, you need to be turning over every last option. That means you're doing keywords, you're doing remarketing on the display network, you are doing remarketing lists for search advertising, which is remarketing on the Google search network. You're doing Google shopping campaigns with those PLA feeds, that's the product listing ads, um, and you're also doing dynamic remarketing, which is putting products in front of customers that they looked at on your website. Let's stay in the paper click space, but we're going to switch over to Facebook now. I was surprised Facebook didn't come up more often in the podcast in 2015, as a lot of people outside the podcast were asking me about it. One guest who went into a fantastic amount of detail on it was Linda from Sugru. Um, she's a very experienced paper clicker and after we finished discussing her AdWords activity, she dropped in some great information about what she's been finding success with on Facebook, including her tips for anyone getting started.
4: And the other thing, and that's kind of like growing on us a lot in the past month, is really Facebook as an advertising platform. There, it's as well a little bit of remarketing, and but it's a lot of like content marketing and acquisition on there because you can be so targeted in um, how you like who you approach, who your target customer is, and you can really go about interests. You can go about demographics, location, and so on. So that's starting to become more and more important for us.
2: Cool. So as a company who's just starting to get into those Facebook ads, from all you've learned so far, have you got a couple of tips for our listeners if they're just thinking about getting into Facebook ads about maybe where to start or areas to avoid?
4: I think... As I just said, like the power of Facebook is really to you know who your customer is and think about how you can find more of them, you know, and be 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 lateral there. So it's not say say if you if you buy if you um sell say if you sell sporting goods don't just look for people who are into sporting goods but think about what else are they doing do they have children do they like cooking or whatever like if you have a good picture of your customer as a whole person then it's very that then Facebook can be a very good place for you to find more of these people
2: cool so I guess that's the sort of thing which if someone thinks they don't know anything about the customer right now, actually they probably do. If they go and take a look at who's liked their Facebook page already, yeah, get an awful lot of stats from that, can't you, to get to get going on that whole what the interests are?
4: Yeah, and Facebook has this thing, um, audience insights, um, which I think relatively new, where you can actually go and look into demographic data. You can in audience insights, you can look into things like, for example, if you have a pixel on your website, you can look at people who've been to your website, how do they index for certain demographical aspects and then go and find again, find more of those. You're using all those ads all around the world at the moment? Um, No, on Facebook, we're actually focusing on the UK and the US, a little bit of Canada. And it seems to me just from the numbers of um, people that that I can reach with my different list when I go into, for example, most European countries, the numbers go really, really small because I think presumably Facebook adoption isn't as big there, but um, that's just a theory of mine. I can't prove that.
2: (laughs) Waiting to test that one. Yeah. So Facebook ads, all of you put them on your test list for next year. Let's say digital now, but shift away from pay-per-click. Here's Bonnie from Miso Tasty to talk about how she's using high-quality email newsletters to drive sales.
5: Well, I think some people are uh, have been saying not such nice things about sending out newsletters. I think because a lot of people have subscribed to so many that it feels a bit spammy when they um, when, when you're getting lots of newsletters through uh, personally, so I, I I think, but I think for us newsletters still really work. I mean the um those that sort of um read and reply and 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 get involved in competitions and offers that we put on our newsletter um still really drives traffic for us. So um, I'm not sure. I think maybe because we don't send them out too often. We only send them out so once a month and they're usually sort of jam-packed full of different offers that are, spe- that's, you know, that are exclusive to newsletter subscribers. Um, um, our, our newsletters st- really help with our traffic and, and our sales whenever we send one out.
2: Of course, if you're going to send email newsletters out, you've got to get some people signed up to your email newsletter. So here's Bonnie also explaining how she came to decide to put a sign-up offer on the website, why they did it and the results it's achieved.
5: I think we started, uh, I think we put that on there in the last six months. Um, so we didn't have that from the beginning. Um, and the reason why we went for that is because, um, we, we wanted to again take some of the fear out of buying that first box. And we, ideally we want that first purchase to be a box of eight rather than, you know, the taste (laughs) of that. Um, obviously we, for the, for the people who, um, buy the, taser pack they can also use the 10% off so it just again it was another way to take the fear out of it and also um, we wanted people to be on our newsletter uh, and since putting that pop-up on there and um, so the pop-up is basically sign up to our newsletter and get 10% off your first order so we wanted to increase our newsletter subscribers and increase customers um, who are new to us so um, it was kind of um yeah dual purpose really and this worked really well We get probably a quarter of our uh, online sales every month uh with usage of that 10 percent code so we know that for some some customers um it, it 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 allowed us to get that first purchase from them and actually after that then they uh, they get hooked on me so and, uh, and and they continue to read our newsletters so it's great it's a great first way to uh, for us anyway to, to get them to, to get them into meat tasty so you... it's worked really well we've not had any sort of um well not directly it, it, we, we were aware that it might sort of cut some people off um, especially regular customers who might you know who it's not eligible which the, it's not eligible for them anymore so we um we, we, we were nervous that we might put some people off but the results showed that it's worth doing
2: Cool. So anyone who's thinking about it, you would recommend that they at least test it.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, just test it for a month, see if it affects your sales. And for us, it's improved ourselves. So, uh, and it's, it's increased, um, our newsletter subscribers. It's, it's odd. We thought that maybe every newsletter subscriber would use the code to buy for the first time. But actually, um, we get a lot more newsletter subscribers. And then we do people using the code. So maybe they they sign up to the newsletter and save the code for later or something. So actually it's not. So it's not an expensive one to fund. Oh, you get more gosh. newsletter subscribers this way. yeah.
2: And we're going to have a little bit more again from Bonnie later in this episode, explaining how she's getting those repeat orders. And if you want to know more about email pop-ups and how aggressive you can get with it, take a listen to the Wet Shave Club podcast. We didn't have space to fit it in here today, but it's well worth a listen. Let's head now to the equally interesting world of offline marketing, and here's Martin Harvey of Muck Munchers with his mini masterclass in off-the-page advertising, which he's used to build his business from scratch.
6: We started Muck Munchers in uh, April of 2014. Now, what's always been fundamental to me as a direct marketer is to test everything you do. We simply went out with two off-the-page advertisements in uh, UK uh, magazines uh, during that month to test whether our, our proposition would work. And I'm pleased to say that within two weeks, we'd reached break-even on those ads. Those ads wow. would set, were set to run uh, and continue with a long-tail response over a period of 6, 8, 10 weeks. So uh, within two weeks, we knew that we had got a successful proposition. Uh, Now, as
2: can I just pause you a second there, because I know some of our listeners will be currently scratching their heads and wondering what an off the page ad is. Oh well. So um, could you just give the layman's description of what we're talking about? Yes, yes, quite, quite, quite simply,
6: Uh, what I describe an off the page advertisement is is a direct selling advertisement. which is is typically uh, an uh, an advertisement with a very clear um, offer and proposition uh, within it, Um, a value benefit in the case of our product. There's always an additional gift to increase the perceived value. And at the bottom of those advertisements, there is a serious call to action with a coupon, which they can return to our contact center, uh, with a very, very prominent um, uh, domain and telephone number, giving customers the opportunity to order by whichever channel they choose.
2: Cool, and these appear generally in the supplements of a weekend mag- weekend newspaper, weekend magazine, yes, indeed. those kind of things, in, don't they?
6: In, in the early months, we, we were testing advertisements in uh, low-cost, uh, magazines. Uh, from there, as soon as we saw we've got a uh, success, um, we started advertising in weekend uh, national press. Our advertisements would normally could be quarter pages, about the, the same size as, uh, as a sheet of paper, for those people who don't use European paper formats. Uh, and we quite quickly increased to half-page advertisements in high-circulation weekend newspapers.
2: Cool. So you did that test and measure in a small format on a low cost because of the distribution size and then as soon as you knew it was working, you rolled it out to those bigger areas.
6: Indeed. But what is really, really important, and I think uh, the, the value that I have from working in direct marketing for too many years is that every one of those advertisements would have a tracking code on it so we could measure uh, literally the profitability of each and every ad, uh, whether that was a coupon being sent through the mail, whether it was a telephone call uh, where the call centre would uh, be asking for that code number or, indeed, on the website at the checkout, we would be asking for customers to input the code. We were therefore able to track something in the region of 85% of all orders directly to the advertisement uh, uh, that uh, the customer was ordering from.
2: Excellent, because that data is just essential because you need to know which um which graphics are working which uh, magazines are working to wrap up our section on new customer acquisition here's critica of my art gallery who's also an offline fan explaining why you should never ignore traditional marketing even if you're an e-commerce business
4: traditional marketing i think when we're talking about e-commerce everyone thinks we should be only digital but you're only converting the online traffic towards coming to your site you're not converting the offline traffic So we've still got to look at the traditional methods and not completely discount them. People don't buy art online traditionally. It's a new market. It's only in the last three or four years people have started doing that. You're not going to get the same traction as somebody who's used to buying clothes online because clothes have been bought for a much longer time or shoes. So how do you build that market? How do you get the word out there? How do you you get people to even know that you can even consider buying art online? You've got to go down the traditional route and make them think about it.
2: Wow. So there's a few ideas about how to go about increasing your new customer acquisition next year and improving it. Um, If you've been hastily scribbling, just a little reminder, we've summarised everything for you in the show notes. You'll find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 2015 highlights one. I'm aware that's probably not the most particularly useful URL in the world. So if you just go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the site and click on the podcast tabs, you will find links to those show notes, which will have all the links you need and all the information you need to pick out the pieces you want to explore further. Now let's move on to repeat orders and customer service. Customer service is an ever important part of e-commerce. If you're struggling to understand that or you want a bit more proof, then take a listen to my report from the Internet Retailing Conference, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes for you. If you want the repeat purchases, you've got to have great customer service. Let's take a listen to Val of Lifestyle Labs as he talks about how he's using customer service to grow repeat business and the impact that that then has on customer recruitment.
1: Uh, well, we, we just do normal um, PPC advertising like most people do. Um, for us, it's more about uh, turning those people into loyal customers. Um, so I don't really... Getting the people on the side and buying something, that's actually easy enough. The difficult thing or our key focus is to make sure that they come back month after month after month because our products are obviously different to i don't know beds where people buy every seven years um yeah vitamin buyers they should really buy every month it's like medicine for them um, so that's our key focus is just to give them that amazing customer experience that they come back every month okay and, cool. that, and that will just grow the base automatically right so if i have uh a thousand customers come in every month through ppc and i managed to turn i don't know whatever 50 percent into lawyers then i'm going to grow by 500 people every month right
2: yeah and so it's so the the acquisition is kind of like you'd find with any business we know we're, we're getting the pay-per-click right we're buying in that traffic uh we know what margins we've got to run to to on each of those first orders and then really the focus is on is on the retention
1: Well, that's the thing. On the first order, I don't necessarily need to make a profit if my retention rate is good enough, right? I can invest in acquiring a customer upfront if I know that I'm going to keep him for on average X number of months because my customer lifetime value will be higher than the cost of acquisition.
2: I said it at the time and I'm going to say it again. What a perfect explanation of how to build an e-commerce business. Now that Val's set the scene for us, here's Phil of Guthy Renker with a great way to start improving customer service.
0: But if you want to make your business better on Friday, uh, read the emails you get from your customers. Read what your customers are saying in social media. Um, You will learn so much more about your business and be able to make quick changes from what your customer is telling you.
2: Here's another great piece of advice from Rohan of Wet Shave Club with a very cool new way you can listen and talk with your customers by building a community of them using Facebook groups.
7: One part of it that I really enjoy. So one of the things we did is as we're growing the business that we really wanted to build a community around the brand and not just be like, you know, we, we have this stuff on our website, come to it and buy it. We wanted to build like a really deep relationship with our customers. So we built like a private Facebook group for you know only o- only our customers, and um, and they're really like kind of like some VIP customers where we we let them see product before we launch it. They know what's coming up in the, in the next box. We run ideas by them and they give us feedback. Some brutal feedback um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So like, and it's a real community of people that you know they love our stuff and we love them, and and it really enriches the experience for 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 us and for the additional customers that may not even be in that group. So I think it's it's a good idea for people that are building brands like this to find ways to build um, a community around your brand.
2: You can hear much more on this theme in the Beads Direct podcast. I'm afraid I just couldn't bring myself to cut one little nugget out of it for you. So you'll have to go back and listen to the whole thing. But I promise you it will be well worth it. Here's Bonnie from Me So Tasty yet again, uh, talking about the journey her customers go on from first order to repeat and then subscriber.
5: It's absolutely brilliant. We've grown quite quickly over, over the last year and a half.
2: Cool. And are they focused on production, wholesale, marketing? What's the breakdown? Um,
5: to be honest, they, they, all, they all have sort of areas of responsibility so that covers of sales, marketing, logistics, uh, new products. But um, as a startup, everyone sort of mucks in with everything, generally. <laughs> um, especially when sort of there's an emergency, then everyone sort of piles on to the problem. So um, yeah, everyone's quite multi-skilled in the team, which is brilliant.
2: It is when you're moving in such a fast, fast um, paced area, you've got to Mm -hmm. have that, that adaptability really, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So Bonnie, what would you say right now is the most awesome thing about Miso Tasty?
5: I think the momentum that we've developed in the um, in the retail space has actually really elevated the brand. So um, we've just launched in weight shows this week. Uh, we're already in Sainsbury's, Ocado, Self, just um, Whole, Whole Foods. You know, so many stores. Harvey Nichols. So, we're, 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 so being out there nationally and having all that coverage has actually really increased our brand awareness, and therefore it's, it's really. Um, triggered a lot more um, online sales from new customers. So our new customer, um, the, the, the pro- proportion of customers buying from our website who are new to us has increased quite a lot since our supermarkets and retail listings has increased. So at the moment, we're just growing very quickly and um, uh, and, and just seeing the number of new customers coming to us is really encouraging.
2: Excellent. And those hmm. those new customers, I'm always intrigued by the subscription model. in in e-commerce because I think it's one of the most exciting things opportunities out there if you've got the right product and um, obviously you know your product quite neatly fits into the subscription model do you Mm -hmm. find you get mainly subscription customers are they mainly one-off product customers or does do people migrate between the two
5: um, we find that there is a bit of um, a journey that the customer goes on and um, we get you know a bunch of customers quite, probably the largest proportion of customers who who um, who come to our website and try a box and you know they they, they, they enjoy it and then sometimes they they um, they go quiet for a while so you know we send out newsletters to remind them and and, and try and get them back um, but generally they um, once they've bought once or twice they quickly become regular customers so they're buying frequently uh, maybe every month they're they're purchasing from us and then the, so the final stage of their journey is that they become subscribers so this is when they automatically get two two boxes of miso a month um sent to their home or office um and so you get sort of different groups of customers um sort of on this journey and hopefully we can get them all onto onto subscri- onto subscription
2: it's, it's it's great, isn't it, the way in which you can track that from, they're testing us, they're testing us, okay, they're now regular. Exactly,
5: and- yeah. It's a real journey because um, we start off with, um, we have these taster packs as well, which is only one portion. We can often track customers. They'll try the one portion, which is, you know, uh, it's only £2. So it's sort of, they, they try at a low risk to them. Um, everything's free delivery, so it's, it still seems quite affordable. They, they try that and then we see them... On, go on to our boxes of eight and then we see them buying a couple of boxes of eight and then they go into our subscription. So it's um it's really great that we can track all of that and we can incentivize customers to to move up on that journey as well.
2: Another example we couldn't quite sque- squeeze in here was uh, Tom and the team at Goodbye Crutches who take this to another level with a post-purchase nurture sequence and you can hear all about that in his podcast episode. If you really want to focus on how great customer service not only improves repeat purchase rate, but also creates raving fans who encourage new customers to try you out, then you're going to want to embrace customer service on a whole new level. Here's Alex from Serious Readers admitting to a reviews problem we'd all like to have and also talking through how they use their customer service performance as a KPI uh, that's a key performance indicator which is one of those stats one of those small handful of stats that a business measures to make sure they're on track
0: the most awesome thing about our business really is is the raving fans that we generate um, so our, our whole our whole business is based on the idea that, that light enriches lives and we're looking for people who believe what we believe and what we believe is not only that light enriches lives but if a job is worth doing it's worth doing well and all that sort of stuff so we, we, we're very clear on who we are and what we're trying to do and the impact we're trying to have on the world and our biggest um uh strongest indicator of whether we're succeeding or not is not actually profitability or number of customers it's number of raving fans so we're right into the raving spa- fan space so you know we're like 100%. Uh, we, we, our, our customer reviews are so strong that the platform are telling us that we you know we should try and find some people who aren't very happy. <laughs> you know to reduce because you know, it doesn't look because it's so good it, it, yeah. it looks false. You know. Um, so it, you know so the the most awesome thing about us is 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 that um, and it's driven from two things actually. It's driven really from the products themselves and the impact that they have on people's lives those people that particularly need them or or value them. But secondly, our whole approach, the whole approach to the business is actually uh, it is focused on over-delivering customer service, really making a difference to people's lives because we run a business not particularly to be a profit maximiser, to be an impact maximiser. So, you know, that's the most raving, that's the most awesome thing is that we do have raving fans.
2: How do you calculate your raving fans? Is that number of reviews or have you got another metric you're using?
0: Well, it's, there's a smorgasbord or a balanced scoreboard, as people would call it. So we've, we've got the reviews, not necessarily number of reviews, but it's the um, the what the reviews are we've got this massive database now it's the propensity of people to agree to being filmed uh, or to send us a you know a, a clip on you know why they love their light uh, it's referrals well you know there's a whole sort of series of metrics that we look at uh, but principally uh, you know actually it's about revised people come back and buy buy another one and they recommend and tell others about us
2: We've now gone full circle from getting new customers through repeat purchase customers and back to new customers again. And I'd like to wrap up with a quote from Tom Schwab of Goodbye Crutches. He said during his interview, there are no longer any good or bad ideas. We just test everything. So have a think about which things you want to test first from that that we've highlighted today for you. Uh, Remember, you can get a summary of this and links to all the relevant podcasts so you can have a listen again at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 2015 highlights one or just go to the website and click on the podcast tab. Next time, I'm going to be taking you through what I think are the highlights of the 2015 podcast in another marketing format, one that impacts on both customer retention and customer recruitment. And at that time, it's going to be content marketing and social media. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Christmas, of course, and keep optimizing.
1: Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Master Plan Podcast. Find out more
0: at ecommercemasterplan.com.